It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, hurrah, boys, hurrah, down with the traitor. Welcome back to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only at KNews 98.5. I'm Stu Jenkins. As a lawyer, I've tried cases here since 1978. Among my many cases have been public interest cases striking unconstitutional election law statutes, City of San Luis Obispo ordinances criminalizing homelessness, and the Bureau of Cannabis Control's authorization of cannabis billboards on Highway 101. Kind of a, an interesting background for today's discussion, I think. It has been my privilege, by the way, to repeatedly serve as Superior Court Special Master. On Slow County Public Policy and the Law, I bring you officials, lawyers, and organizations shaping public policy and the law. Last week, I spoke with Andy Pease, City Councilwoman for San Luis Obispo, about changes in policies affecting housing, water supplies, and a potentially new countywide sales tax for road and transportation costs being prepared by the San Luis Obispo County Council of Governments. Then I spoke with 3rd District Supervisor Dawn Ortiz-Legg about her history of involvement in the transition of the county toward a more green electrical energy production through solar farms and the future of wind turbines with the leasing of federal tidelands 20 miles off of Cambria and San Simeon. If you missed those important policy perspectives, log into the podcast of last week's interviews at knews985.com. Then click on the tab for Slow County Public Policy and the Law and scroll down to the latest podcasts. This hour, we are going to have a thoughtful discussion about current events and breaking news stories about local government challenges and the marijuana industry with senior investigative reporter for CalcosNews.com, Ms. Karen Veely. Welcome to the show, Karen. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, it's, I'm happy to have you again. You had a very interesting story, which was on June 19th, about a lawsuit that accuses Central Coast retailer of trafficking cannabis. Yes, and this is very, very interesting. For years... There have been allegations that many of the people involved in the legal cannabis industry are also involved in the black market cannabis industry. Well, that's sort of understandable since many of those folks came from the black market cannabis industry, didn't they? Absolutely. Not all of them. And the market in cannabis is in the toilet. California grows nine times the amount of cannabis that is consumed in the state legally. And you are not legally allowed to send it to other states or other countries. That's according to Proposition 64 and that, that uh, allowed the uh, growing and sales of cannabis for recreational purposes, isn't it? Yes. It allowed it in our state but not to be sent to other states. In other, there are states that have it where it is legal and there are states that have it where it is illegal. There are countries where it is legal, legal and illegal. But the problem is right now, you can go to shops in New York and find cannabis from California. 
Vietnam right now is very upset. Well, no, where are you getting that information? I am getting that information from news stories that have come out in those areas. I also have sources that were working for cannabis companies in this region that told me they personally helped drive cannabis to other areas and also drove out of state sometimes all the way to the east coast to pick up money for the cannabis that was being sold there well now uh, this is based on a lawsuit what who's suing whom okay there is a cannabis retailer catalyst and um, they are a very large cannabis retailer they are suing glasshouse now where are these two companies based Catalyst is based, I think, out of the L.A. area. Why Glasshouse says it is based out of Long Beach, the owners are from Santa Barbara County. The bulk of the marijuana holdings they have are in the Central Coast, Santa Barbara County, and San Luis Obispo County. They started um, under the brand. They started with um, getting permits in Santa Barbara County under... um, farm let me they have a name for their their stores there and then they came to um they took over some of helios day springs holdings in both counties helios day spring was the uh, the fellow who started the natural healing center yes is that right yes. and and he's the one who uh went to prison for bribing local public officials yes or at least one local public official yes and um, is he still in prison, by the way? He is, um, he is still technically in custody, but he is in the, they have a new thing with the federal government. They, they started doing this during COVID, where they'll let you spend your last year either in a halfway house or at home with a bracelet. And he has been released in that program. I so see. he is in custody, but not in custody. Not in a prison. Yes. I see. And um, did uh, what happened with his interest in the uh, cannabis stores here in San Luis Obispo County? He sold those to Glasshouse. When he, when he was facing prison time, he negotiated with Glasshouse to give him. First, he placed the business in his girlfriend's name because you can't be involved in the cannabis industry if you have felony Um, convictions so he put everything in his girlfriend's name and then negotiated a deal with Glasshouse Um, the original deal was just for two stores the one in Morro Bay and Lemoore and um, they bring in a combined 15.3 million dollars a year and they purchased that for and and that combined 15.3 million dollars a year is that uh, pursuant to uh, state records or how, how do you know that that was in the sales agreement when Glass when they announced the purchase of the of the um, stores. This is a publicly owned company; it's traded, mm-hmm. and that was put out when they purchased it. They put out how much it was bringing in for their shareholders. I see. But he, here's the interesting thing: they paid him twenty two point six million was their agreement, but they only gave him five point seven million cash. The rest is in stock in Glasshouse. So now he's an owner of Glasshouse. He is a share. Well, his girlfriend's sure. a shareholder. In addition to I that, see. they made an agreement. So, so it's not him owning it. It's uh, his girlfriend. It's his girlfriend. I see. 
And they also, they sold the Grover Beach store, the Morro Bay store, and the Lemoore store. And they also, um, the Lemoore store is interesting. He didn't pay, they don't have an agreed price yet. It's been completely permitted and they're finishing the construction. They bought the approvals and they're going to agree on a price after it operates for a year and a half. Interesting. Now, now, uh, when you say that, uh, well, well, did he get the stock or did the girlfriend get the stock? The stock would have to be in the girlfriend's name. I see. And uh, so, so what percentage ownership of Glasshouse now does uh, Helios Day Springs' girlfriend own? They have not released that. I see. Okay. Now, um, what, what, the, what does this lawsuit allege? The lawsuit very strongly. It's the most aggressive lawsuit I think I have ever read. They claim that they are selling marijuana on the black market. That They claim that uh, they uh, are. Uh, Glasshouse. Who, who is claiming uh, which? Okay. The um, Catalyst claims that Glasshouse is selling 75% of the marijuana it grows on the black market. They use two different distributors. They claim that one distributor sells on the on the real market and the other distributor sells on the black market. And they ship and fly the cannabis, you know, New York, New Jersey, all over the country on the black market. And, and why do they? Why does the uh, plaintiff in the action think that uh, that hurts them? Because it drives down, um, it it harms the the real market. If you're having black market cannabis, which generally glows for less than thirty percent to fifty percent of legal cannabis. It hurts those that are selling it legally. So you end up with, with people that are on the, with shops in the area that selling it and the tax is going. So when you sell it with tax, you got to sell it for more. When you're paying your taxes and legally doing it, the price is higher. Regardless, cannabis since 2017, the price has fallen 50%. So the... the uh person who sued Glasshouse, or the person, the company that sued Glasshouse, is Catalyst? Yes. And they go under the name 562 Discount Med? Yes. Um, where are they based? The L.A. area. The L.A. area. Yes. Okay. And the uh, what's the capacity of the growing areas that they're talking about? They have the largest... Uh, Glasshouse started the largest grow in Southern California, I think about two years ago. And if you add that to all the grows on the Central Coast and other areas of California that they do have, most is on the Central Coast. They produce over 300,000 pounds of marijuana a year. This would be Glasshouse? Glasshouse. But according to state records, they're only showing sales. They only pay tax on 25% of what they're growing. That That's part of what they're saying. This isn't making sense because here's what they're growing. This is, this is the allegation in the, uh, in the lawsuit. lawsuit. Yes. The allegation is this is what you're growing. This is what you're paying taxes on. But then when you're paying your shareholders, you're claiming you're sold a whole lot more than you're claiming you sold to the state. And one of the allegations in the lawsuit is this is the problem with California. California has failed to track and trace marijuana. They have failed to properly collect the taxes for marijuana. And it has been a nightmare for people in the industry, including locally. 
in San Luis Obispo County, I think there's probably four of the 141 growers still growing today. And many of them have told me issues with track and trace and heavy fees and taxes put them out of business. When, uh, when some, some of our listeners are old enough to remember the uh, cartoon strip Snuffy Smith, he was always complaining that the revenuers were just over the hill. Of course, he was, uh, he was distilling liquor. But um, part of the problem, it sounds like, is that there's not enough enforcement of the limits and the tax, uh, the tax collection on this cannabis. And is that is that something that uh, is fair to draw from this reporting? It, it's well, I don't even know if it's 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 just poor planning. I'm going to give you an example of what happened to the growers in this county. Many of them, it took them almost a half a million to get in by all the permitting and the four or five years it took and all the inspections. I mean, they want I think almost ten thousand for a background check for everybody that's working on the project. So you put all this money in. And then you finally get approved and you grow your crop. But according to California, you grow your crop, you pay taxes to the county, but the main excise tax was supposed to be paid by the distributor. And that was a whole different license. So let's say you had three and a half acres that you grow. Mm -hmm. According to California rules, then you had to hand it to a distributor. And that distributor then was supposed to sell it to a retailer. But then they would never talk to you again. They took your whole crop. They were licensed by the state of California. And then they never, you never heard from them. So then you go out of business and you call the state of California. They said, what happened to my, you know, my million dollars worth of pot that this person took? And they say, you're no longer licensed to grow. We can't tell you anything. And they didn't. The state was not collecting excise tax. It was supposed to come from the distributors. So the state of California... This is what your sources are telling No, this is what California did. This is, this okay. is public record. So then California, starting in January of this year, they said, we're making a change. We're going to now have the excise tax paid by the retailer on every retail sale. Yeah. No longer the distributor. That was January 1st of this year. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to make their first payment, I think it was sometime in May. They pay quarterly. Yeah. Something like 213 or 230 did not pay. They couldn't pay their tax. And once you don't pay that day, it's 50% higher. And so a lot of them are now going out of business. Mm -hmm. But regardless, they're not getting paid. And one of the biggest distributors was working with Glasshouse. And they had over 700 million million in distributions. Yeah. They just were put under because they hadn't been paying anybody. That was Herb L. And they, it was um, put out two days ago that they are being forced into bankruptcy for not paying the people that they were delivering the pot for. This is Herb L.? Yes. And, and that was just a few days after your story. Yes. And they were the primary distributor for Glasshouse. It's a very interesting issue but one of the again one of the main things in this lawsuit is they blame the state of california for not doing better enforcement and not doing the track and trace that they promised they were going to do is uh, is catalyst suing the state of california as well no they're going after they're just going after glass house in this okay All right. now um you just had another story that dropped today uh, about 
the County of San Luis Obispo and the Board of Supervisors having a uh, discussion about the tax that the county levies on cannabis. Uh, can you tell us about that, Karen? Yes. Back in 2018, there was a board meeting where they were determining how much they were going to tax cannabis. And they decided to start with a very low rate and go up every year 2% until they became 10% in 2023 mm -hmm. on July 1st. And with the industry just failing in this county, and I will tell you, they haven't made money. We're losing money on cannabis. Other businesses, other taxpayers are subsidizing cannabis in Slow County. So they decided to try to... They, being the, the Board, the of, board supervisors. of Supervisors, decided to discuss the 2%, stopping the 2% increase. Who, who, who put that on the agenda? Do you I know? don't know who put it on the agenda, but I would think that it was Don Ortiz Lake. Because she was very passionate. She said she supports the industry. She wants them to stop making them pay taxes at all. Let the industry recruit and, and thrive. And then at some point in the future, start asking for tax income again. Even Bruce Gibson said, you cannot ask our taxpayers to subsidize this business. Folks, you're listening to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. This is your host, Stu Jenkins. We're having a discussion with Karen Veeley, the senior investigative reporter at calcosnews.com. Karen, um, we just actually had uh, Supervisor uh, Don Ortiz leg on last week. We weren't talking about this issue. But um, the, the, the thing that strikes me about this is the county uh, was, the county voted for the legalization of this particular product uh, in Prop 64. And part of the initiative that got people to vote for it uh, said that counties and cities would be able to levy a tax of their own on top of the state's tax. Um, and uh, when I uh, hear all the reports about the taxes that are paid on cannabis. Um, I, I went out and compared it to tobacco. We have a tobacco shop downtown and I talked to the tobacconist and I found out what the tax on tobacco was on a $10 cigar. And the when you buy a $10 cigar, $4.44 of that $10 cigar, cigar is tax. Wow. So it's a 44% tax on tobacco. Um, after uh, Mr. Rizzo and I won the lawsuit against the Cannabis uh, Control Bureau uh, when they had allowed uh, billboards on 101 and other major highways uh, advertising cannabis, um, we were kind of surprised. We were just a couple of country lawyers. And uh, all of a sudden, all these folks from around the country started contacting us about this, and they sent us reports. And uh, one of the studies uh, showed, actually it was from Southern California, it showed that uh, marijuana or cannabis uh, delivered to the lungs of a cannabis smoker 75% more of one carcinogen that's in tobacco and 50% more of the second carcinogen that's in tobacco than tobacco. And um, and I think there were some other studies that suggested that there was a tripling of the chances of a young man getting uh, t 
testicular cancer, and there were uh, uh, huge increases in low birth weight and premature uh, babies in Colorado after the legalization. Um, none of these products come with warnings about this, whereas tobacco does. Um, and, and so the tobacco industry hasn't gone out of business from paying a 44% tax. I guess my question is, why, if you know, is the cannabis industry having such a great deal of trouble with this? I can absolutely tell you that. It's like anything else. I don't care if it's strawberries or tobacco or what it is. If you grow nine times more than the people consume, the price is going to fail and some people are going to lose their businesses. Mm -hmm. And... That is, I, I believe that is exactly what has happened in this industry. There was way too much sold. During this meeting where they were arguing, Don Ortiz Leg was arguing that we have all these tourists in town and we stop delivering cannabis in our county at 9 and Santa Barbara County does it at 10 and we're losing all this business to people that buy between 9 and 10 from Santa Barbara County. And I thought we just had a... a pot shop go out of business it, it, it very recently but there's these arguments that you know we just need more and more and more but the problem is that more and more people are not smoking pot because it is legal when it became legal in Colorado I read the reports and after three years they I think they gained a percent or two but people that were real heavy smokers actually moved to Colorado then when it became legal in Oregon I think it was 15% of the population smoked at least once a year. It remained pretty flat. And when it became legal in California, which I think it's 14%, it became pretty flat. Just because it's legal. The sales became flat? The amount of people that smoke. Ah, mm -hmm. So just because it's legal did not mean that people now all smoke pot. You know, there was this idea a whole bunch more people are going to smoke pot on a regular basis, that did not happen. So if you don't have the consumers and you have all this product and it's falling in price and the plant is not easy to grow, it has many problems, bugs, viruses, moths, it's very hard to process. Thank you folks. You're listening to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. We're having a discussion with Karen Veely of calcosnews.com. Stay tuned after this news break. We've got more.